0: Uh, there's nothing in this world that could represent Jannah for you in this world except what the Ahlul Tamalluq, those people with that special adoration for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala find in their hearts at night time from the sweetness of intimacy with Allah. You know, at night time when they can speak to Allah in their tahajjud, if, if that really becomes perfect for them and they achieve it, that's better than There's nothing else in dunya greater than that because they've got Ma'ifa of Allah, that's why they can do it that way. So, dear brothers and sisters, dear friends, (coughs) dear seekers, dear aspirants, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to gain his ma'rifah, especially with the month of Ramadan coming up. So we are going to look at the next one today, which is on page 103. It's the aphorisms of Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have a great number of blessings on him and mercies on him, shower his blessings on him. So the next one is in sync with the previous ones. Uh, We were discussing uh, very interestingly that uh, people, they do a good deed and then they're hoping for a reward from that, which is fine. They can hope for a reward, but they need to realize that when they've done a good deed, they've already been given a reward, which is the fact that you've been able to do a good deed in the first place. Because there's a lot of people who don't get to do any good deeds. So the fact that Allah has chosen us, that is an advanced reward already. It's it's, in, it's a very interesting. Now, Allah doesn't just choose us, but then whatever this devotion is that He chooses us and selects us for. There's multiple benefits that come from this. So when we pray, and when we fast, and we do any other worship, what is going on? What else are we getting out of it? What's the purpose of that? And what what are these steps to? What is that a means to? So there's multiple other things. A lot of people, they just reduce it down to reward. I'm doing turukhats of prayer, I've done my fajr, I've done my dhuhr, asr, maghrib, I've made my fast, I'm gonna get reward now. That's uh, very reductionist, that is not enough. Allah has much more to give. Allah's generous, Allah's infinite, He's got a lot more to give, so why just keep focus on that? When you know that there's so much more you can get, and Allah gives according to what you expect, Allah gives according to how you think he is and how you think he's going to give you and ibn ataylah is teaching us what else allah will give us so this one is slightly more complicated right compared to the previous ones in this sequence but may allah give us understanding of it so this is what he says so listen up. he says kafal jazaan ma huwa fi وَمَا هُوَ مُورِدُهُ عَلَيْهِم مِّنْ وُجُودِ It suffices as a reward for the doers of good that he has inspired obedience to him in their hearts. Number one. And brought upon them the existence of his reciprocal intimacy. Sounds a bit complicated. It's not really very complicated. Essentially what he's saying is that in the previous one last time, the last session we said that its suffice it suffices as a reward or recompense for you for the obedience that you do that He's just judged you worthy of obedience. That was the first one. Now in this one He's saying it's also suffices as a, another reward that you get from this and it should be sufficient as a reward for any doer of good that He inspired you to do obedience. He made you obedient. Because that's the purpose of this world, is to be obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if he's allowed us to play our part and not get distracted, alhamdulillah. And number two, on top of that, he has brought upon the doers of good the existence of his reciprocal intimacy. Which means that, you know, if you have somebody you love and somebody you're interested in, somebody you love, you want to get close to them. So you get one chance to speak to them. You caught them somewhere, you bumped into them, you got a chance, you really enjoyed that. MashaAllah. Then you want to do it again. But they're elusive. You don't find them all the time. Right? They're very busy or um, there's too many people trying to speak to them. You know, it could be multiple uh, formats that could be. If you get to speak to them again, don't you get to know them a bit more and they get to know you a bit more? Just imagine any relationship that you've had where you've just got to know someone. You met them the second time, you had a chat, you figured something out about them, you reveal some things more about yourself, third time, fourth time, fifth time, and then eventually you get to know them, right? And they get to know you, and now there's less awkwardness. You can be slightly more, less formal, right? Um, And you can become more personal. And if they're a good person, then you feel good every time you meet them just certain people every time you meet them there's just something about them that just makes you feel good makes you feel warm makes you feel human being content and fulfilled that is supposed to be with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the fact that he's letting us even speak to him and devote ourselves to him and offer ourselves to him in whatever worship we're doing whatever worship it's all an offering to allah then we're revealing ourselves to Allah He knows about us anyway But hopefully we're getting to know Allah more in that And the beauty of this book May Allah reward this author abundantly for this Is that he has really opened up The multiple aspects of our devotion and worship Otherwise we just basically go by Oh we're getting reward for it We must do it Otherwise we're going to be sinful We're going to be punished We're going to go to hellfire That is just for the absolute basic that's the basic starting point but it goes beyond that where there's an enjoyment and halawa and sweetness and contentment that should be, that should be reached so that's what he says he's going to give you these two are the rewards so let's see let's understand that a bit a bit more so firstly <clears throat> when he says that it's sufficient for any doer of good as a reward that he is going to open up their hearts for his obedience right because the heart can only be for one thing you can only fully devote your heart to one thing and you'll see that in the world as well that anybody, I, I've seen multiple business people uh, or people who like to be very enterprising right? some people they just really focused on one job they have an employment or they have a business that's all they do all their life that's all they focus on at once but there's enterprising people what they do is they'll dabble in this and they find that opportunity they'll start doing that Then they'll start doing this and then you see that when they start doing this and that this first thing which is supposed to be their main thing starts taking a hit you can't focus on multiple things at once fully unless you're very smart and organized and you've delegated and you've got the right people to do it for you this is what the issue is that's why what is our priority in this world is it to attain Allah or is it to attain the dunya? If it's to attain Allah, He'll give us that through the dunya. And we'll get the dunya as well. But if it's to attain the dunya, you can't get Allah through that. That's the thing. So you can't. That's why He's saying that if He's already allowed us and put in our hearts the love for devotion, then subhanAllah. That is something to thank Allah for. And the more you thank, you the more you get. So it's about thanking Allah for every little thing. Don't look at it as a big picture. Look at it, break it down now and understand everything that Allah is giving us. So then he says that, what exactly will Allah put in your heart? What, how do you break that down? What are you supposed to get from worship? We never even probably thought about this. Like, what am I supposed to be getting out of this worship? You may know about it because you read books about how the Sahaba felt in their prayer and in their fast. When you read those stories, you, you see that they all felt these special feelings. They had these special experiences. They uh, got this strength and they had that experience and then they did this and they felt like this. But nobody's put it together for us. So that's what he's doing today. He's saying that (coughs) when you're doing an action, there are three things that you could potentially end up with. Uh, Number one is muhadara. That you feel you're in the presence of Allah. Allah's ever-present Right? Allah is ever watchful, ever seeing, and there's nothing that He misses. But now you'll actually start feeling that Allah is, you're in Allah's presence. If we can get that in our prayer, that would sort our prayer out, right? That's what everybody's looking for. So you'll get muhadara. Then you'll get muraqaba. Muraqaba is a slightly higher degree than muhadara. Muhadara means that you just, how I'm present with Allah? Muraqaba is more like I'm more seeing Him. You don't see Allah physically, but it's like I start seeing Allah's effects everywhere. Right? You start noticing it, you start meditating on that, it's deeper. And then the highest level is mushahada, where you can witness. Everything is a witness to Allah. Because everything is a witness to Allah. You see anything is like, oh, that's made by Allah. That must be Allah. That has to be Allah. So these are higher levels. So it's muhadara, presence, muraqaba which is meditation, a deeper form of reflection, and then it's Mushahada, which is a witnessing. Now he tells us that the first stage, I mean, do we know what stage we're on? He says the first stage is for the Talibin. It's for those who seek. Now, once you're a seeker, you're going to start feeling a presence at least. And if you're not even a seeker, you're just doing it. I mean, I'm sure everybody's a seeker at some level who's going to pray, right? So that's the basic level then that's the Muhadara. If you want to get to muraqaba, you must be saireen. Like you must be now on the path. You must have full focus. You've done your preliminaries and you are on the path. And then mushahada is for the wasileen. Meaning this is for the people who've done it for a while and they've actually, mashaAllah, broken through by really going against their nafs, doing proper fast. That Ramadan has boosted them. Their other worships have boosted them. And they finally recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like they've got a good enough recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow them to really uh, be at that position. They, they, get, the muha- they get the mushahada. <clears throat> so essentially what he says is that the muhadara, the first part, where you just feel the presence, that's for anybody and everybody, whoever wants to start, they get that position. The muraqaba position is for the special people now. Do we want to be special people? And the mushahada is for the special of the special people Right that's much harder to receive, but that's a possible and at the end of the day <coughs> There's one word that describes all of these states, which is khushu We've heard of khushu in prayer it comes from the concept of Khashia There's a level of fear, but it's not fear that you want to run away from something. It's this loving reverent present Consciousness It's more about that. Khushu' for Allah. It's like a humility actually. It's like this feeling of humility where you recognize somebody. Sometimes if a person has a bit of arrogance, they want to try to put their arrogance in front of everyone. Because some people are just naturally arrogant. They've been taught to act tough. Some people come up with hard lives. So they've been taught to act tough. Sometimes you see little children on buses and they're just like touching at you in front of their parents it's like where do you learn that from but i don't know it's just maybe you're in some part of london where it's tough life so you just have to learn to be strong and uh, be a bit vulgar and you know wallahu alam now even such people i've noticed they're tough with everybody and then suddenly they find somebody who they respect you know somebody greater than them and suddenly you just see that whole change of humility that all that toughness goes down that What they put up? East end toughness or East end toughness or I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Right? Um, Subhanallah. It's amazing how you see the transformation, how somebody could, you always see them in a particular way and then now suddenly they're in front of their shaykh, they're just like, like total servitude. It's like, wow! Subhanallah. La ilaha illallah. Khushu. With Allah, that's what we have to do. And These are all levels of khushu. May Allah give us the high levels of khushu. How do you define khushu? This is a bit complicated, but I'm going to give it a try. Itraku sir, ala najwa, bi hayba. It's about understanding the secret, being able to knock on the doors of the secret with a level of intimacy. Right? But you have to be able to fully understand the awe. You have to fully gain the awe of Allah. You can't have khushu in front of someone that does not strike you with awe. Someone can only strike you with awe if they have certain qualities. Then you're going to be struck with awe. Otherwise, why would you be? And then to just totally melt in front of that awe is to melt in front of that. That humility just overcomes you. And then he says, he explains that when you get to the highest level of this, that's what you call qurratu ayn You know, the Prophet ﷺ said that the joy of my sight is in prayer. He had that full level of khushu. He fully experienced and loved that, that experience of just standing in front of Allah because one of the highest levels you can reach in this world of being connected to Allah is in your salat which we do five times a day. Everything else that we do, the dhikr and so on, is all to just get that deep presence for Allah and improve your prayer as well. So if you do meditation, you're learning to focus, so that in your salat you can focus. Because if you focus in your salat, if we get focus and conscious in our salat, then you get your ascension. Not like the Prophet's ascension, but a spiritual, that's because that's your discourse with Allah. Salat is munajat surah al-fatiha is like that you read one verse allah responds you read another verse allah responds everything it's multiple ways that you're speaking to allah in Salat. the tasbih the takbir the tahmeed the sana it's just ta'zeem there's like multiple things that's tasmi, like everything's in salat. is the one go-to place where you can get the highest level of experience may allah grant us that experience la ilaha illallah now uh, Imam Zarruq he said that when a person uh, it looks at it slightly different he says that when you're in worship whenever you're doing any kind of devotion to Allah your salat etc he says that there are three states that you could achieve the first one he says is wujudul bihi fiha bi ruhi what does that mean one is that you when you when you start to offer a worship to Allah you should feel you should that's why you, you need to stop doing it just for uh, avoiding punishment. If you, you can't even get onto this path if you can't get over that. That must be at the back of our mind to just deter us from missing. But really, it needs to be for love. That, that's what we really need. Then everything just becomes easier. Everything, if, I'm only going to do this job because I'm going to get told off if I don't. I want to do this job because I really want to make him happy and I want them to be happy with me, right? It's a big difference in those two things. So, you're supposed to have uns. Uns means familiarity and comfort. And this feeling of, you know, he said you talk to somebody a few times and then you get comfortable with them. No longer do you feel that scared. You start seeing their love. You start seeing their affection towards you. He says, what usually happens from that is you get a softness in you afterwards. There's a gentleness and humility that will create, be created in you. And you'll see this in somebody who, again, used to act tough, and then they started on a dhikr regimen. Right? They do dhikr regularly, you'll see that they'll become softer people. People who do dhikr, they usually are supposed to become softer and gentle, because they have to develop humility with the name of Allah, because if they do dhikr properly, that means they're remembering Allah. You can't act great in front of Allah. Right? The second thing he says that you're going to get through, a, uh, through your worship, or we should be getting through our worship, is wujudu tamalluq bayna yaday. The concept of tamalluq. If you look at modern Arabic dictionaries, they'll tell you it's flattery. When you're just trying to flatter someone. But if you look at the classical Arabic dictionaries, a tamalluq is to behave in a loving, affectionate, and coaxing way. With adulation and admiration for someone. You can only... The modern concept, or negative concept of tamanluk is flattery. When you're just trying to flatter somebody so that um, you get into their good books. But that's disrespectful with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because flattery includes falsehood, exaggeration, and make up things. And with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you don't need to make up anything. He is much more than what you... Th- what you can even think he is. So, it's in that more classical concept of tamalluq, it is to behave in this affectionate, loving, and adulating, and admiring way. All of that comes into it. That's what we should be in salat. But you see, the only way you can get that is if you know Allah. And the more sifat and the more characteristics you can learn of Allah, then you can feel like that. If we don't know Allah and we're still praying, we're fulfilling our obligation, but that communication and connection is not happening. La ilaha illallah. The third thing he said that you could get is ilmiya wal ilhamat al biha shay that eventually if you really get very close, then Allah will start giving you the subtleties and the secrets and Uh, special bits of understanding so that when you see things around you won't be confused by them you won't be deceived by them you won't fall for things of the dunya so easily because no that's wrong I don't get I don't need to do that that's it's not worth it it is not worth it see there's multiple levels of something one is you get the dunya for to be functional to survive To be functional. There's multiple levels of dunya, right? One is, you're just surviving. And some people are happy with survival. They they don't want luxuries. They're just surviving and that's enough for them. The second level is, you want to survive. You don't want to just survive. You want to be functional to make it comfortable for you to be able to do your deeds of this world. So, you want comfort, but only functional comfort. Right? And number three, (coughs) and again, these are just broadly speaking. Number three is... You want functional and you want luxury. And you want luxury so that you're happy and you're impressed and you feel very good. Was that necessary? No. Functional was necessary for most people because very few people can survive on the absolute basic survival mode. Just enough food to stay stay alive. But then, like for example, you got a place to stay and it's absolute basic. One mattress if you're lucky, and that's it. The other one is that you have a, you know, you have a decently comfortable functional place to live and a functional car to drive. And the third one is, you want a luxury car, not just functional car, but you want something else that you can feel like, I've got something, like beyond what a lot of other people have, for example, house, decoration-wise. And then, of course, then that just carries on where you want it so you can show off to others. And, 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 and. These are the different levels that we're talking about. So, when somebody focuses on the Akhirah, then I don't think they will definitely not want the last stage I talked about, which is to show off for others, because that's just not in their mind. That's just useless. Would they want the luxury? If they're just getting it and they're not, because some people just get it, because that's their lifestyle, that's the family they're born in, that's where they live, that's what they are. We, would, we are considered to be the top 10% of the world in our lifestyle. What kind of zuhud is that, they would say? But you can still do zuhud here, because what we have here, which equates to the top 5 to 10% tier of the world in lifestyle, that's just normal for us. So in life, always think about functionality. Remember, I don't know if you know, you've heard this idea before, but be functional, Rather than over the top, then you're constantly Oh, he's got that car, I want that car as well. He's got that house. There's always going to be a bigger house. There's always going to be a bigger car, a bigger pen, a bigger laptop, a bigger phone, better clothing. It's always going to be that. It's never ending. So be functional. Fine. Right? If you can't deal with the basics, which is difficult, be functional. It's difficult. It's difficult. So when anyway, you move into a new place, you're decorating. It's complicated. Somebody saying you need to have a feature wall. This is where you'll bring your guests. You'll have to have a feature wall. You get special paints and special wallpaper and designs for that. It's like, man, I just need it functional. I don't have time for all of that. It's just functional. I'll put my kitabs there. That'll become my feature wall. It's just no ending. There's just no ending. I just spoke to somebody. Uh, He just got a new house some time ago and he put special sockets. There's no end to it. Special sockets. And now he's like, I wasted my money. He's saying that now after, I don't know, a year or two, he's like, it's it's just, you know. Because I guess if every visitor doesn't come and say, oh, mashallah, nice sockets, (laughs) then he's like, what's the point? La ilaha illallah I'm not against functionality If functionality costs money because that's what you need it, spend it But otherwise You can spend more, that's not a problem As long as it's not haram and it's not israf and it's not showing off But at the end of the day, you just get worried that it's the the, the, We're not training our nafs And our heart, we're just giving up To what is not really what it should be And I think If we're gonna go look, I mean, because you know, you don't just get The best sockets just like that, you have to actually do research as to what are the best sockets, that's a time consuming you've just spent time doing that haven't you? unless you just got the best because your friend said these are the best sockets, you just get them and you said Bismillah, close my eyes and get them you know? everything requires effort and we don't have time in this world so you will eventually <coughs> understand the reality of things you'll understand what is needed, what is not needed what is extra, uh, what is sufficient what is beneficial what is harmful when you can get that criteria that's when you have faham that's when you have understanding and comprehension of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your worship should get you to that level if you do it properly i think that's very very useful okay subhanallah there's uh, one of the scholars he said that for dunya jannah there is a jannah in this world like there's part of jannah in this world paradise what is that Man lam ila jannah wow there's a part of paradise in this world, he says, that if you get that and experience that paradise, you won't want the paradise of the hereafter. What must that paradise be like? That you get that in this world, that you don't want the paradise of the hereafter. La ilaha illallah. la ilaha shaykh. You won't need anything, you won't want anything after that if you get that. Walam yastawhish abadan, you will never feel strange, alone. You will never feel strange and alone or without assistance. What is it that you're talking about? Once you know Allah, then you just have that always comforted feeling that you're being looked after. It doesn't matter where you are. Yes, you will undergo troubles and difficulties, but you'll be fine. You'll be fine. May Allah grant us Ma'rifah. Ma'rifah is superior to the Jannah of the hereafter. Because once you know Allah, you're with Allah, you're with the Creator of Jannah, you don't care about Jannah anymore. He'll of course give it to you. But you're not worried about that says, I've got Allah now, I've got the Maker of Jannah, the Creator of Jannah, Designer of Jannah. (coughs) What do I need? Some ulama say that uh, there's nothing in this world that could represent Jannah for you in this world except what the Ahlul tamalluq those people with that special adoration for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, find in their hearts at night time, from the sweetness of intimacy with Allah. You know, at night time when they can speak to Allah in their Tahajjud, if that really becomes perfect for them and they achieve it, that's better than there's nothing else in dunya greater than that, because they've got Ma'ifah of Allah. That's why they can do it that way, Rasulullah. It's like, then you're willing to stand all night for the first iPhone. I mean, that's what we do in this world, right? The Prophet used to stand all night until his feet get swollen. For something greater than iPhones. Right? Can you not corris- I mean, there's no comparison, but you know what I mean. There's no comparison. But why would somebody stand until their feet get swollen? Surely, that's not what God wants from me. No, it's just I feel something. I'm doing this for myself as well, for Allah, of course. Not for myself, it's for Allah. (coughs) That's why um, some scholars say that feeling this adulation and adoration for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through that uh, special discourse that you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with Allah in the world is not the world. That is not the world, that's from the Akhirah that Allah gives somebody. May Allah give us from that. Huwa min al-Jannah. It's from Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has just revealed it in this world. illa <laughs> hum. It's, not, it's nothing that you're gonna understand. Only those people who get it will really understand what they're getting from that. siwahum. Or ruhan li They're the only ones who are gonna get uh, get, get something of that and then another thing that you get from your worship uh, these are some of the benefits of worship another thing we get from our worship is are the rewards what are the rewards that you get what additional rewards do you get what are the additional fruits of worship are there, then that's where he says is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow you to feel his closeness Allah will allow you to feel his closeness now, how do you get this closeness and this familiarity? He says, one familiarity and comfort you receive is in dhikr of Allah. When you start remembering him, you start feeling that experience. Now, these can, this can only be achieved by those people who have literally allowed themselves to perish from all worldly desires. Then you'll get that feeling. Otherwise, the world is constantly distracting us. That's why we don't get it, because we're too involved in that world. Like, the world's in our heart." And then he, discuss, he says, the second one is this familiarity or, or intimacy of closeness that you'll feel with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third one, he says, is the one where you'll feel that intimacy of witnessing Allah. So it's a similar thing, that, uh, but it's just this closeness that you'll feel. He said, the first one, if you get that, you won't, you won't want to be with people too much anymore, initially. Because you you just get so involved with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala that you won't enjoy being with people. That's what you'll do: al-firar min al-nas. Because you don't think they're gonna get. You know, there's somebody you really like. You think and you think they can get you something, give you something. Then you find somebody who's even who, who's got more influence. What happens to the first guy? Suddenly loses that respect in your eyes, right? Like, because you got somebody bigger now. So that's the same thing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he says that, then after that what you'll do is that when you become mature with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you will start becoming closer to people. But you'll be careful of them, as that you don't want them to taint you. But you can now deal with people. And the third one is that you will start mixing with people because you're going to help them. They're going to be benefiting from you. They won't be able to harm you anymore because you become fully matured and connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So initially when you get connected to Allah, you want to be away. That's why the benefit of a'tikaaf we have and solitude and so on. They make you do that first so that you can focus on Allah and not be distracted. Then you can go back and be with people. And you see, you know, these pious sulaha that we have, saliheen that we have, if you read their biographies, usually for a lot of them they come through a time where they just didn't want to be with people. And then suddenly you see them at the end of their life, they're with people again. But now they're with people on their terms. People can't affect them, they're affecting people. People are benefiting from them. And he says the way you receive this is that you have to make an effort. It's like you're climbing on a mountain pass. The first mountain pass, if you, mashallah, climb up and get across it, then you get to the next stage, and then you get to the next stage. That is, and relevant to that, to finish this off, essentially is that Allah is giving us an opportunity starting in a few days in Ramadan. That is, the time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literally makes it so much easier because shaitan is out of the way. Doors of paradise are opened. And he concentrates the rewards in every moment of Ramadan so that you can get, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just telling you, look, I'm, Here to give you every night. I'm writing people to be freed from hellfire And then he says i'm going to increase your rewards and then he's going to say that it's much easier to get closer to him Allah is generous people are generous that is reflective of Allah's generosity So that's why Last few things i'll mention is that alhamdulillah we've been fasting every year Right, I don't see anybody here. I don't think there's anybody here who for whom it's going to be their first ramadan We're veterans in ramadan. So why? How is this Ramadan going to be different? The way this Ramadan is going to be different insha'Allah is that this Ramadan is going to be for Allah and only for Allah. Like every Ramadan is for Allah. No, tell me something. How many of us have fasted for Allah? What that means is that multiple times during the day you remember that I'm fasting for Allah. I mean we fast Alhamdulillah we fast because everybody every decent Muslim fast and every non-decent Muslim fast I hate that comparison, but you know, even people who don't pray five times a day Rosé tohraktee bhai Like you must be really messed up not to fast Namaste Five daily prayers, whoa, it's okay, but roseta tohraktee bhai, you know, you have to fast So Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, right? But the Prophet ﷺ said, in one amazing hadith, he said man ma man min Whoever fasts Ramadan with Iman and this, So with Iman, okay, that's, that's what caused you to fast I am mu'min, so I better fast, right? Okay But the second part, Ihtisaban Looking for some hisab from Allah That's from you Right? That's from you, like, I'm fasting because I want something from Allah. Then his past sins are forgiven. So, simple. When we're fasting, every time you feel tired, every time you have to wake up at odd times, every time you have to sleep at odd times, every time you have to stand, and the taraweeh is long, mashallah. right? And the qari sub is reading slow. Right? like I'm doing this for Allah No I'm going to go and tell him afterwards man we need to go to work tomorrow <laughs> Muhammad Mushtaq, We need to go to work tomorrow right? I'm doing this for Allah I'm doing this for Allah Other people have done so much more this is a little bit we can do believe me your fasting will change Your fasting will change. That will be when you got Allah through your fasting and through your worship. That's what this is all about. We've got a time to train ourselves. Every time you feel tired, thirsty, weary. I said, long, whatever it is. Uh, Dry mouth, it's for Allah. It's for Allah. It's the dhikr, that's what we want, dhikr. That our fasting should... Get. Because that's what our fasting is. We're doing it for Allah. Otherwise, you can just eat, eat, eat inside. And just tell everybody you're fasting outside. Just don't eat in public. So if you can actually avoid eating, like genuinely, right? It must be for Allah. Who else is it going to be for? Because if it was for anybody else, I'll just secretly eat. I'll just show everybody I'm fasting. That means they were already doing it for Allah. But now, let us be conscious. And you'll see that your, your, your whole life will change. Right? Several times a day you feel these things, don't you? You feel tired. You feel hot. Uh, you feel weak. You feel uh, bored. You can't do this, you can't do that. Oh, it's for Allah. I can't go and do this. I can't go and enjoy that. I can't watch this. I can't see this. I can't talk to them. It's for Allah. It's for Allah. It's for Allah. It's for Allah. Allah, Allah, Allah. And you'll see that insha'Allah the fasting will change. Our whole Ramadan will be changing. And that is an upgraded Ramadan with ma'rifah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will sti- still g- will give us more. So we ask Allah tawfiq to allow us to remember him uh, much more this Ramadan than we've ever remembered him before. Allahumma arzuqna hubbaq. Allah your mercy Ya Allah your forgiveness Ya Allah your forgiveness Your kindness Your generosity Your benevolence Oh Allah Shower us with your mercy Oh Allah bless us During these final days Before we can enter Ramadan Oh Allah allow us to enter Ramadan allow us to take the greatest benefits oh Allah make this Ramadan better than any Ramadan before it oh Allah allow us to reach you allow us to attain your, your ma'rifah during this month of Ramadan allow us to be closer to you than we've ever been before oh Allah allow us to be close to you oh Allah allow us to know you Allow us to recognize you. Allow us to love you more than anything else in this world. Allow us to remember you more than we remember anything else. Oh Allah, let your remembrance infuse every aspect of our life. Let your remembrance be everywhere. Let your remembrance be everywhere. Allow us to witness you everywhere. Oh Allah, allow us to witness you everywhere. Oh Allah, O Allah, we are extremely grateful. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to be here, to know this to learn this oh allah allow us to learn more so that we can understand you more O oh allah reward this author O oh allah reward all of those who have allowed the deen of muhammad sallallahu wasallam, to come down to us O oh allah allow us to also be instrumental in allowing this deen to reach other people whether that be through the masjid or a madrasa oh allah or through scholarship or through assistance or through donation O oh allah make us all part of this O oh Allah, do not deprive us, make us of your chosen ones, make us of your beloved ones. O oh Allah, accept us all for the service of your deen, give us greater himmah, great, give us a, 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 a greater aspiration, protect us and grant us your such satisfaction, comfort with you and familiarity with you and so that we do not have to fear anything else, that we don't fear anyone else. O oh Allah, grant us afiyah and grant our brothers and sisters afia around the world except whatever little that we're doing and we are thankful to you for allowing us to do it in the first place now O oh Allah we ask that you grant us all of these other rewards that you have granted to your religious, your righteous ones, your close ones oh Allah we ask that you forgive us and totally purify us and make us worthy of your rahmah and your mercy subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma wa al mursaleen Uh, The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, And that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that... Uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time especially for example the islamic essentials uh, course that we have on there the islamic essentials certificate which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident you don't have to leave lectures behind you can continue to leave, uh, you know to listen to lectures but you need to have this more sustained study as well jazakallah khair and assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.